This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 348. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And we are joined by Danya over in England. Hello, Danya. Hello. (laughs) Writer at Hypable, co-host of Resistance Radio. Big week for you guys with... Star Wars, the first Jedi coming out? Star Wars, the last, oh, last Jedi, sorry. (laughs) Something wonky about Jedi. I'm completely kidding. I did know that, of course. Uh, Star Wars, the Force closes. Anyway, how are you feeling, Donnie? You're a major Star Wars fan, and now this new movie's coming out. The premiere was last night. Everybody's raving about it. Are you okay? That's a very good question. (laughs) I am ridiculously hyped up over it. I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Uh, Monday and Tuesday and most of Wednesday because I see it like between Wednesday and Thursday. So I've got to get through two full days of the week before getting to see it. And I don't know how that's going to go, how my concentration (laughs) levels are going to be. I do have a few like Star Wars things that I'm writing for Hyperballs this week. So maybe I'll be able to use that as a bit of an outlet. But we've recorded with Resistance Radio the last episode before seeing The Last Jedi. So that's it. I have no podcast outlet that's Star Wars specific until after the film. Yeah. And everyone else on the podcast isn't seeing it until like Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I have four work days to get through. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> so there, there will be almost a full 24 hours before I can actually talk to anyone about it. Mm, yeah, that's going to be rough. It is. It's going to be very tough. Yeah. So, Danya, one reason we're having you on today is because we wanted to have a woman, I believe the word is, uh, <laughs> to discuss this news. Woman, what's that? I don't know. Cooties. Discuss J.K. Rowling talking about Johnny Depp. Finally, um, the timing is kind of interesting. Oh, maybe she listened to MuggleCast, come to think of it. But I know we just talked about this last week, but since J.K. Rowling has now made these comments, we have to talk about these comments because... <laughs> The internet was talking about them. So uh, glad to have you on, Danya. And we're also going to call Laura. The Laura. The old MuggleCast Laura. And actually, I have a bone to pick with her, come to think of it. And what better place to bring it up than right here on the podcast. So. Is she aware of this? <laughs> She's aware of it. She doesn't know that I'm going to confront her about it on the podcast. This should be interesting. Because when you initially said Laura, I thought Laura Mallory. We've all moved on from Laura Mallory. But I have not moved yeah. on from Laura T. No. Good old, good old uh, voice of reason, Laura Thompson. Yes, but they do exactly. live relatively close to each other, from what I remember, right? They're both in the uh, state of Georgia. Yeah, they're both in the south. Maybe um, Hagrid. But, uh, Eric, you wanted by. to mention that something's actually going on while we record. Yeah, yeah, something's going on. So right now, currently, as we record this, the Warner Brothers Pictures panel is happening down at the 2017 Comic Con Experience. I'm seeing this all over my Twitter feed. CCXP2017 is the hashtag, and uh, it's in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The whole thing is um, journalist I follow is going into the the Warner Brothers Pictures panel. He says that everything they asked him to, to you know everybody to put their phones away. It's a two hour long panel, and uh, he said they'll definitely be showing some uh, Tomb Raider and some other things, but he doesn't know about Fantastic Beasts. Anyway, since it is the Warner Brothers Pictures panel, and it's happening now, I think we shouldn't rule out the possibility that by the end of this episode, we will have maybe some new news about Crimes of Grindelwald and non-deprelated. <laughs> yeah, I think. So, yeah. I'm thinking, and I, I definitely would echo your question about the timing of this release. It seems like something had to maybe get it out of the way so they can start promoting this film. Yeah, and let's... On that point, I'll just say it now. I think J.K. Rowling may have released a statement now to move the conversation forward if a trailer is coming soon because I was speculating a couple of weeks ago that a trailer may come out with Star Wars this week, though we still haven't heard anything. So so maybe that's not the case. I feel like we would have heard like a week mm-hmm. beforehand. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Who would we have heard that from, though? Huh? Who would be the person or outlet that would break that news? I would think Warner Brothers would announce it. Or normally these these trailers get like classified with a rating. So that's the way we usually hear in advance as well. And still nothing. So if they premiere it at CCXP, they can then be like, well, hey, this you know new trailer will be on the front of all the Star Wars films this week. Mm. 
And a yeah, few trailers yeah. have dropped during it. So the new trailer for the animated Spider-Man movie dropped there yesterday. Yeah. Ooh. And there was a bunch of Netflix news. Yeah, there was quite a lot. They're getting quite a lot of like really good content happening there. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, even if they don't show anything specific for Fantastic Beasts, they may do like a little announcement or give like an update as to where they are in terms of like when a trailer might be expected. Because it seems to be that either things are dropping there or they're announcing when to expect it. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, we'll find out soon. Something else that could have caused J.K. Rowling to make a statement is David Yates's statement last week, which is what we spoke about. I think that's actually what pushed her to say something. Kenny's bringing that up, listening live over on Patreon right now as well. So we were all kind of caught off guard on by this. She tweeted a link to her website with her statement. Her site crashed immediately. I couldn't load it. <laughs> I was like having a panic attack. I was like, oh my God, what's it say? What's it say? What's it say? Got to load. Some people got in. I know, Eric, you texted us screenshots of the statement. And I'll read it in full. And we'll start there. When Johnny Depp was cast as Grindelwald, I thought he'd be wonderful in the role. However, around the time of filming his cameo in the first movie, stories had appeared in the press that deeply concerned me and everyone most closely involved in the franchise. Harry Potter fans had legitimate questions and concerns about our choice to continue with Johnny Depp in the role. As David Yates, longtime Potter director, has already said, we naturally considered the possibility of recasting. I understand why some have been confused and angry about why that didn't happen. The huge, mutually supportive community that has grown up around Harry Potter is one of the greatest joys of my life. For me personally, the inability to speak openly to fans about this issue has been difficult, frustrating, and at times painful. However, the agreements that have been put in place to protect the privacy of two people, both of whom have expressed a desire to get on with their lives, must be respected. Based on our understanding of the circumstances, the filmmakers and I are not only comfortable sticking with our original casting, but genuinely happy to have Johnny playing a major character in the movies. I've loved writing the first two screenplays, and I can't wait for fans to see The Crimes of Grindelwald. I accept that there will be those who are not satisfied with our choice of actor in the title role. However, conscience isn't governable by committee. Within the fictional world and outside it, we all have to do what we believe to be the right thing. So, the backlash was swift. I was paying mostly attention to female co-workers, including Danya, getting their feedback on this. Danya, what was your first reaction after reading this statement? It's the same as the one that I had to the David Yates statement from last week. It's that it seemed a little tone deaf in terms of how it's approaching the people that do have concerns. Because for the last year or so, when she has had people reaching out to her on Twitter, and I'll openly admit that some of the people who have reached out to her with criticism haven't really been fair in how they've like brought it forward they've been the way that people do on the internet when there's a degree of separation attacking Mm -hmm. or being very forceful for what they with how they're presenting their concerns but for some people who had actually been very fair and outlined like the issues that they had they were getting blocked by jk rowling which is not the best thing when the issue is as big a deal as a potential domestic violence and abuse now again the court documents on this case are sealed there is no way to actually know what the settlement included what actually happened all we know is from the statement that they jointly released is that neither party lied in order to make any financial gain which means that on both sides there was no lying, which is a really difficult thing to pass because that is an admission that those the, the reason for the divorce and the things that Amber Heard brought forward were not a lie. That's what the statement says. So both parties, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, are under non-disclosure agreements. They are no longer allowed to discuss it on either side. So they're not allowed to now mention anything that happened during that case the outcome nothing which means that anyone else is also duty bound not to mention anything either but the damage is done 
it's already done. There are people within this sphere, within the Pata community, that this is genuinely going to hurt. And considering that Fantastic Beasts, include the first one especially, was so focused on the idea of abuse of a child and that abuse and everything being what caused like his power to happen, it's such a huge... They're never going to get away from this conversation, despite the statements. It's not going to go away because it's also part of the theme of Fantastic Beasts. Do you think it's sort of a challenge at the end here then to fans? Like, conscience isn't governable by committee. We feel fine about this, uh, but we all have to do what we believe to be the right thing. Do you think she's saying like, well, if you want to not see this film, just don't see it? Yeah, I believe that's exactly what is being said there. Interesting. Which, for me... I will be accepting that challenge. I do not have any plans to see future Fantastic Beasts films at the cinema. Yeah. Andrew will know. When we went to see The Cursed Child, I was involved in a not particularly great incident while traveling to London to go and see it. I've spoken quite openly about it on my Twitter now that the criminal cases ended and the person was sent to jail. But As someone who has been involved in previous cases of sexual violence and other stuff like that, for me, it's a really difficult thing to pass because when it comes down to it, whatever I feel about Johnny Depp being cast, what he now represents is like a manifestation of that abuse and he's still being given power within Hollywood in order to continue moving forward. So he has now become a symbol of it the way that a lot of other men who have been involved in these abuse cases have similarly become a sort of symbol of that. So for me, for my own conscience, while the decision may not be easy, for me it is the one that is right. And that has also been a message through Harry Potter, making that kind of decision. Making the right choices is never really easy, but it is the right thing to do for me. And for other people, they may be able to separate that idea of what Johnny Depp is accused of doing and his acting ability. But for me, there is no separation there because what he's done and what he represents and how he continues moving forward is that he still has a position of power. That is the problem for me. I can no longer separate that. Acting ability doesn't excuse or any ability, it doesn't matter if it's just acting ability, whatever that person is good at doing in any sphere, or whether they are good people, and anyone can be good, the person who abused me, to some people may have been an incredibly wonderful person, you know, a brother, a son, a family member, whatever they were. To someone else, that's always going to be the case, but that's not... That doesn't stop those incidents from happening. So, I don't know. It's a very difficult thing to do because, like, for me, this is, like, the line drawn in the sand. I can no longer move forward with this. Doesn't mean that anything that's come before is tainted by association necessarily. Harry Potter is still a hugely important thing in my life. Brought me to people that have become my support community for you know, things that have happened to me. And it is still hugely important. But in good conscience, I can no longer move forward with it while this is going to be the prevailing conversation around everything. So you're not alone in in, um, feeling that way. Many people have said they are not going to see any more of these movies. Um, One point that has been brought up is that Warner Brothers feels that this is not going to affect the box office. And that's why they're not doing anything about it. So one reason people feel motivated to not see the movies is because they want to try to prove a point to Warner Brothers that you can't get away with this. And in the same conversation, though, it's really tough as a long-term fan of Harry Potter who wants to see this film, not for Johnny Depp, but for literally every other actor, better actors, better characters that built up to know the continuation of the story it's gut-wrenching to be torn in such a way as well for everybody to want to boycott this film for a good reason, but to either not have the strength or not feel completely like they're going to be able to. For us as podcasters, talking about this film, 
mentioning the developments is what we do. It's our bread and butter. How do we move forward with this glaring issue? But all the creators are saying the conversation's over, the court case is finished, the statement says whatever it says, and it's done. It's over. Are we forced to put it to bed? Are we forced to to move on? How do we reconcile this with the fact that everyone in the Warner Brothers creative team seems to be saying it's done, move over, move on? Just a couple of things. And the first one is going back to what Danya raised about David Yates. And I really found that statement that he made to be extremely disconcerting in the sense that he was almost absolving Johnny Depp of any responsibility particularly when he talked about the fact that it wasn't the Johnny that he knew and the Johnny on set would never do anything. And I may be paraphrasing a bit. I don't want to put words into his mouth, but that's kind of the takeaway. And I know we spoke about this on last week's episode, but just because he's a different kind of person on set doesn't mean he didn't do what he did in his private life. So that still sits with me in in a really bad way. And then with J.K. Rowling, it seems like, particularly related to the last paragraph of what she posted on her website, it seems like they know more than we do. And I got that sense from David Yates' comment uh, last week as well. It seems like that information, the circumstances that they refer to, it seems like there's more there than we know they're sealed documents, but I wonder, do they have more insight into this situation than than the rest of us? I think they do and she definitely seems to be hinting that she also seems to be hinting that she really wants to say more but another point that's been brought up so many people didn't like this statement because it's to borrow a word you hear in politics it's a big nothing burger like there's nothing in this it's been run through a billion different lawyers to make sure nobody gets in trouble probably make sure that team johnny depp doesn't get pissed off so with that said it is also admirable that at least she did say something that the fans were at least heard that she does acknowledge what the fans are feeling i follow someone on twitter who had this response to jk rowling's statement this is at mrs friday next on twitter she says a good rule if you cannot speak in detail about a situation due to legal agreements don't speak about it in vague terms and insinuate that someone is lying about being abused Mm -hmm. So, I mean, some people got that away from it, like, oh, we know more than you do. This is why I bring this up, this this impression that they do know more. And it's very possible that they know more, right? They have to have the hard conversation about whether they want to, well, I assume it's a hard conversation, about whether they want to keep Johnny Depp or not. People are also saying they just see dollar signs in their eyes and look. I don't think we can rule anything out at this point. He's a big uh, box office draw. Yeah. But this idea that they know more, this theory that maybe there's more to it and say they know more and Amber Heard was lying, that's really unfair. According to the statement, there was no lying. So the more you kind of research it, the more it kind of circles around in this very confusing ball of just things that I would never have expected to be associated with Harry Potter to begin with. But I think the lesson to take from this is this stuff happens everywhere. It's so prevailing. It's so it just occurs in every in every industry and everything that we thought was good. And the directors and creators that we thought were better are not better. They're simply part of this issue. I think it's a real growing up moment. But we also wanted to believe that they would do something here because we've seen examples of studios, projects, firing stars. Kevin Spacey was quickly (laughs) wiped away from a movie a month before release. They reshot the movie. It's called All the Money in the World. They reshot the scenes that he was in with a different actor. And of course, you know, they kicked him out of House of Cards before the final season starts filming. Actors have lost a lot of projects because of these allegations that have come forward against them. So it seemed like it was within reach for them to do this. And I think it would have been, they could have just moved on. We all would have been happy. Some people would have said, hey, you know, what the hell? I I think that was unfair to do that to Johnny Depp. But you know what? Johnny Depp would survive. He's got money. Then again, I've read reports he's seriously mishandled his money, but he's got money. It would do more good than it would harm. And just to go back to the point about Warner Brothers and the concern over box office sales, we're a year out from this movie. So 
I don't know that they're really concerned about that right now. Now, should all of this resurface around the time where the movie is supposed to premiere, that could be a different story. And, and who knows where we'll be with everything that's been going on in November of 2018. So I just feel like, and I said this on the last episode, now they're locked in. And so if anything comes up in the future that's beyond what we already know related to Johnny Depp, they're going to have a, a very serious situation on their hands beyond what already exists. And I think in that point, if something else came forward, I think they would get rid of him then. But that's another problem. We've, including this upcoming one, four films to go. Like, a lot can happen between now and then. If I'm J.K. Rowling, I'm on the edge of my seat praying that he doesn't screw up again. Because that's a long time. That's a good it is, 10 years. It is, but their confidence is is just so overbearing at this moment, right? That he's a good guy with lots of talent and he's perfect fit for Grindelwald. That's what I don't understand is I, I didn't like Johnny Depp for this role before he did or didn't do those things to his wife, right? Like, I think he overtakes every scene. I think every movie that he's in is a little worse for it. It's just very, very odd. And I don't know what they see in him that makes it so good. And I, I worry that Grindelwald will over overtake this movie in this series in a way that he shouldn't because there's perfectly good actors. So, like I said, there was a lot of backlash from all parts of the internet. I mean, I saw people responding to this who I didn't think would respond to this. Then again, we also need to point out just, it was very significant for J.K. Rowling to come out and issue a statement in the first place. It's kind of unheard of for this type of thing to happen. Were you surprised, Danya? Did you expect her to release a statement? I did not. I honestly thought from the behavior that had been going on on like social media previously where she had been blocking people who brought it up that we were never going to get a statement from her on it and it was con- going to continue being an issue. Now, I don't think the reason why a statement was made now was specifically due to everything picking up in terms of wanting to stop promoting the film. I think it was slightly in part that I think potentially because so many other sort of people in Hollywood, it's coming out like every week. There's no time that goes by that we don't discover another person involved in in Hollywood in some way, shape or form has subjected someone else to abuse because that and because it's at the forefront of the conversation all the time now that there was no way that they could continue to ignore it and I feel like that forced their hand in terms of having to put out a statement now did I expect JK Rowling to do that statement no I thought it was just going to be David Yates and Warner Brothers doing like a joint statement kind of thing I didn't think JK Rowling would ever put out a statement about it at all well and I think the final word on the issue could not be David Yates's remarks JK Rowling had to say something about that because they were so bad yeah I take more exception to David Yates's statement than I do JK Rowling's JK Rowling's while it still doesn't sit well with me entirely and seems to suggest things that shouldn't be coming from an outside party in terms of this entire case, David Yates's one was the one that really pushed me to the point where I was like, that he perpetuated an idea that because an, an alleged abuser treats someone else or treats them with respect and integrity and is kind, means that they are not capable of being that way with anyone else. So they're not capable of like abusing someone in any other way part of their life which is not the case that is how these domestic violence and abuse cases happen is that they are the person that you least expect it to come from a lot of the time there are so many cases in which the police will go to investigate at home and it won't look as though like anything has happened because they're well respected in their community they do charity work they are kind to the rest of their family they're kind to their co-workers they are the nicest people but it's this one person in their life that they just take everything else out on and that's how these cases escalate and you read it in the news all the time that's the one that kind of got to me the most because it just perpetuates that idea that but he's a good person therefore he cannot be capable of this because he's nice to me so 
again, going back to people who are uncomfortable watching this movie but won't completely block it out and boycott it, what's the answer? Like, I thought of creating a Facebook group that was like, wait one week to see Fantastic Beasts because you know how uh, obsessed studios are. With opening weekends. Opening weekend draws. You know, is that something small that we can do to show J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers and company that we are not okay with their decision regard like and could do we have the strength to i mean there will be people who don't go and see it great as a harry potter fan i support people who decide not to or never to see this movie but do we wait one week do we get a big movement to do it and then have opening weekend box office records be shitty if we can actually affect that change and then just go see it the next week because we still are harry potter fans is that enough is that enough of a thing or You know, I'm so conflicted on just how to deal with the fact that in every other instance in Hollywood, these men are being taken down, they're losing shows, they're losing some of this power. But in the Johnny Depp case, he hasn't. So what do we do? How do we react without overreacting? What's the right answer? I mean, for me personally, it's you don't let the conversation die. If you feel like you still need to go and see the film, then you continue to contribute to the conversation. At this point... Because of the themes of Fantastic Beasts, because of who's being cast, and because even just the themes of Harry Potter, you know, Harry himself was abused by his family and to outside people. The Dursleys were entirely pleasant people. They were well-respected and liked within their community, but they thoroughly and completely abused Harry. Like, it's that theme has gone through Harry Potter the whole way. So it is something that is and should remain at the forefront of the conversation. So if you feel like you still need to go and see it, you know, your mileage will vary on what you can accept and how you can approach this. For some people, they're entirely on Johnny Depp's side and believe him implicitly. There are some people who are in between who aren't really sure because of the media circus that was surrounding the entire case and the dirt that was being dug up on both sides, it muddied the waters in terms of what you could and couldn't believe. Then there's the statements that came out. You know, your mileage is going to vary on where you land in terms of how you can continue to support the project. Some people will, without question. Some people, like you said, may not see it opening weekend, may see it a little bit later. And then there are other people who won't see it at all. I feel like They're trying to dictate where the conversation ends on this. And that is the thing that, in my conscience, you cannot accept. Because this conversation is far from over. Because it's always been a theme of Harry Potter just in general. So it's never going to really go away. So I feel like as long as you don't let the conversation die... You do what you feel is right for you. Related to that, I want to read a tweet that uh, BuzzFeed wrote a really good article about this, Alana Bennett. Oh, I read that. It was so good. Yeah, she's a longtime Harry Potter fan. She, I bet J.K. Rowling is going to read this article because obviously BuzzFeed is a very big website, yes. <laughs> first of all. So she wrote a report on what's been going on with Johnny Depp and it came out the other day and she included this tweet from somebody named Danny. It's a girl. And she wrote, hey, J.K. Rowling, remember that letter you wrote me when I was 15 explicitly saying that the Harry Potter world would always be a safe haven from abuse, would always be there to protect and comfort me? Shove it up your arse. Remember urging me to seek help and speak out? Well, you are the exact type of person that made me afraid to do so. I hope that the money you're making is worth the heart of the young girl in me that has been crushed once again by someone she held to such esteem. That's a brutal tweet. And uh, that is quite a significant thing to put in this article as well and then there's this other bombshell tweet from somebody else jk rowling legacy is literally about a boy who has been emotionally and physically abused and the danger in looking the other way because the truth is inconvenient jk rowling saying she doesn't believe amber heard and is happy to keep a wife beater employed is disgusting explicitive her I mean, these these comments and how much of it is out of context and how much of it is reading what you read into. I mean, I read some of the same things into what J.K. Rowling said, but I don't think the actual statement says those things. No. It's just rough. I mean, is because anytime somebody brings up, right, the morals and lessons of the Harry Potter books, it does stand in stark contrast with a lot of things we see in this world, including stuff from present day people who worked on Harry Potter. So it's 
always really tough. So are we saying J.K. Rowling's hypocritical? Is that the official view of us at this show? No. I mean, no, because like, well, but is it is she behaving in a way that's hypocritical because she wrote this letter to this girl saying it's now a safe haven from abuse? And now she's saying can't go into details, but everything's fine. I mean, I don't know. I think we're going to keep going in circles here. We don't want to. Yeah, we have to get to a point where we can continue to discuss these films with understanding in the way that Danya was saying with this ongoing knowledge, never silencing this fact that this has occurred. And like I said before, I'm, I wasn't happy with the Johnny Depp casting in general and even less so now. Yeah. Two things real quick. One, in terms of things that I saw on the internet and apologize if this was brought up on last, last week's episode, but if you remember going back to the Harry Potter series, Gregory Goyle, the actor who played him, Joshua Herdman, was not brought back in the Potter films because he was caught smoking pot. Right. Now, if you want to equate smoking pot to domestic violence, one is far more egregious than the other. And yet here we sit with Johnny Depp in the role of Grindelwald. And apologize, I don't remember who brought that up, but they definitely made that comparison. And then secondly, do you think now that J.K. Rowling, David Yates, David Heyman have to be careful how they write the character of Grindelwald, knowing that Johnny Depp is playing him. I mean, he's a master manipulator from what we know of the character. There's a chance he could certainly be abusive to other characters, to beasts. And what kind of message then does that send? I'm not sure if they're going to make changes to the writing, but we're all going to be thinking it as we watch. Like, oh, that's weird. He's manipulating. or Oh, that's weird. He's mean and abusive. Hmm. Remind you of somebody, Johnny Depp? Like, it's got to be awkward. It really is. It's quite possible seeing it on, realized on screen will be triggering. Right. And that's another reason why I'm like, uh, why don't they just get rid of him now and move on from this? But, um, yeah, and you bring up a good point about Gregory Goyle, too. Like, oh, my God, he spoke pot. Time to kick him out of the film. <laughs> get another actor quick. So, it's yeah, it's it's just a different way of approaching <laughs> different issues let's play voicemail here hey Michael cast this is jill from just outside of washington dc i'm calling to comment on jk rowling's remarks about johnny depp being still cast as grindelwald i feel like if she's like one of the most powerful people in the world certainly one of the most wealthy and just like if she doesn't have the power to get rid of trash people working on her projects, then, like, what hope is there for the rest of us? I thought it was really disappointing. But she did make a point that no one else had brought up, just that Amber Heard and Johnny Depp did come to an agreement, and, you know, they both agreed to keep it quiet, and they both want to move on with their lives. And I understand that. And, you know, everyone has the right to make a living. Maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal if he wasn't, like, a cabillionaire or whatever. That probably has a lot to do with it. But as a Harry Potter fan, I'm still going to go see this movie. And I hope that that doesn't mean I endorse any sort of abusive behavior. Anyway, love the show. Bye. No, it it doesn't mean you support or endorse that behavior. I think that was a very well-reasoned voicemail looking at both sides of it. And I know, by the way, a lot of people aren't going to agree with us. And that's okay. And speaking of that, you know, we're not going to be talking about this week after week. We are a Harry Potter podcast. We are Harry Potter fans. The timing of recent events have have made us talk about it the past two weeks in a row, but that won't be the case going forward unless new information comes forward. Or, you know, we're seeing stuff happen in the movie that reminds us of, of this court case. So I think we'll leave it at that for now. I did want to call Laura, old Laura, yeah, you hyped this up. It's going to be a great phone call. I did hype it up, and now I feel bad because she's not responding to my text messages. Oh, Just call hey, her. can I call you in an hour? <laughs> that was an hour ago. No response. And did you read the statement? No response. Just do it. Just dial her. Just dial her anyway? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yes. You're on MuggleCast. <laughs> I'm scared. Hello? Laura. Hi. Hey, it's MuggleCast. What's up? Surprise. Hey, I forgot about this. Oh, God, weird. Good to hear from you. Oh, sounds like somebody had a late night. I, I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, I texted you twice. Oh, babe. How are you well, doing? Anyway, 
I am great. It is so good to hear from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you think of, of this Johnny Depp story? Did you read the statement and all that? Yeah, I did. And I feel very mixed about it because I think it would have been incredibly easy to have recasted him, honestly, after the first movie. But I also understand that there's probably a lot going on there that I don't know. So I'm mostly focused on J.K. Rowling's statement. And that's what bothers me the most, because that statement was basically a great way of talking a whole lot without actually saying anything. And given her tendency to stand up for people who are being taken advantage of and people who are hurting, it really disappointed me to see that. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we were just talking about it for a while, so we won't get too far into it, but we did want to hear your thoughts. One of the original yeah. hosts of MuggleCast. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, are you, you're still seeing the movie, right? I mean, it's still ways away. I will probably still see it. My thought is that I'm going to take whatever amount I spent on my ticket and donate the same amount to some kind of organization that promotes women's welfare. Ooh, that's a good idea. That that's is a great an incredible idea. idea. Good. I've chosen not to go and see the film at theaters, but that's a great idea. I will probably donate the amount that I would have spent on a ticket to a local women's charity that deals with domestic violence. There's quite a lot across the UK usually focused on like specific areas. That's an incredible idea. That's Danya, oh, by the way. You. She writes on Hyperbole, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to also, meet Laura, you I know you're a little uh, hungover, shall we say, but I, I just <laughs> wanted to also know, why do you still have the J.K. Rowling letter? You got laminated. Your parents did it. You know, I've yet to actually see this letter she wrote to MuggleCast all those years ago. Can I have I it? I haven't seen it either. You have seen it. I've you seen know, the scan. You have. I have very little memorabilia from those days, Andrew. <laughs> no, <laughs> I need all of it. I need all of it. Well, Micah was holding it hostage well, for like five years or probably longer. And then for some reason, he gives it to Laura. And then no, Laura's no, no, parents. No, 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 no. It never went to me. Laura's had it the whole time. Micah never had it. You yeah, had it's always been with me. Unbelievable. Well, Laura ran the P.O. box, right? It's just like me. I run the P.O. box now. I get all the stuff. <laughs> Exactly. You know what? You you do the P.O. box stuff. You get to keep what comes to it. <laughs> Eric's been writing letters to J.K. Rowling every day, hoping she actually replies to one back in the P.O. <sighs> box. yet. Hey, but you know what? Getting blocked by her would just about ruin my day. So. <laughs> yeah, that is true. She uh, she does seem to be on a roll with blocking people on Twitter. Yeah, we've yeah yeah. All right. Well, I need to come down there and see this letter for myself. <laughs> that is fine. Uh, I've got it framed. You yeah. can gaze upon it. Isn't that nice? Her parents got it framed for her as a housewarming gift. She owns a house now, like an adult. That's really cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. All right, Laura. We'll let you go get some more sleep. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Come on, MuggleCast proper soon. We miss you. I will try. Yeah. A try. We got a try <laughs> out of her. Wow. That's so noncommittal. <laughs> What does that mean? She she forgot our podcast was a thing. Everybody. I know. She's oh, like, oh, you guys, you guys just record so early. That's it's true. That's true. We record Millennial <laughs> at night. And by the way, you can hear Mille- uh, Laura every week on Millennial over at MillennialShow.com, where we record at night. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Laura. And where we talk about stuff that is not as fun as Harry Potter. Yes, real oh. real topics, <laughs> real real news topics. I mean. All right, Laura, we'll let you go. I can tell you're in pain. Have a have a good have a good morning. <laughs> Thank you for speaking you with us. Love you guys. You're, yeah, love you too. Water helps, but ultimately time. Time. <laughs> time. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <sighs> okay. So we have more to get to today, but first I want to tell you about this week's advertiser, Blue Apron. You know, we're approaching the end of the year here, and we've spoken about them a lot. But one thing I haven't brought up is how Blue Apron lets you cook different. You're not just cooking a burger. You're cooking a short rib burger with hoppy cheddar sauce on a pretzel bun. You're not just making regular steak. You're you're preparing chili butter steaks with lemon, parmesan, broccoli, and potatoes, green beans, 
crispy shallots. Point is, you're making unique meals every week. And that's one of the things I love most about Blue Apron. Not only are you making these meals yourself, using fresh ingredients, you're getting time away from technology, working with your hands. You're also creating different things each and every week. And Blue Apron does not repeat recipes more than once a year. Blue Apron is treating MuggleCast listeners to their first three meals, a $30 value with your first order. If you visit blueapron.com slash MuggleCast, do something different this Christmas, this holiday. Micah, cook with Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook, and you're going to have a lot of fun cooking this holiday. Make some different things. Be impressive. Wow, you made that? I'm so impressed. Yeah, I made it myself. Don't even tell them you use Blue Apron. <laughs> or maybe you should, because they'll want it too. Again, that's blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. Get your first three meals free and free shipping. In other Fantastic Beast 2 news, <laughs> the first couple of stills were released as part of Entertainment Weekly's first look issue um this first one will actually remind you of the first movie i thought at the end you know how they're in like the subway tunnels or whatever at the end of the first movie yeah i thought this was just a a banner that you used on hypable from the first movie like an easy go-to here's newt no there's no description with this but he's in another tunnel he's got his case next to him it looks like he just came down the tunnel it's a little wet and he's looking at something guess he's looking at a beast (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I thought as well. What I like about this, and I think, Eric, you'll appreciate, is that he probably is taking care of a beast in this scene, right? You were worried they were going to get away from the creature aspect. Yes. But if he's got his case next to him, he's got a... His mouth is hanging wide open. Yeah. Hundred hundred percent, dude. This this is great. This is this is very heartening. You get Newt, familiar outfit, maybe adjusted minorly. We'll have to ask Colleen Atwood when we have her on the show. But uh as you say, the case of beasts is right there front and slightly off center. And it gives me hope. Unless he's facing down another wizard or something. Great Johnny Depp, I can't believe you're in this movie. Or something like that. You <laughs> you're <know>. still here. <laughs> you're still here. He looks to be you know what though, there's also luggage down in the lower left, maybe he's on the move somehow, and he's got because there's more like I don't know. There appears to be more suitcases, but yeah, the iconic Newt and the suitcase. You can give me two hours of this, I'll be happy. You know what I also noticed about this photo? I don't know if this was for the magazine or what, but the color looks faded on a whole. It doesn't look as colorful, and I wonder if they're going to be going for a sort of grittier color scheme in the second movie. I would love that. Really. Yeah. We have enough Harry Potter films that are color-drained, and <laughs> Half-Blood Prince is practically sapia, so I'm tired of it and sick of it. I think this is probably just the lighting. Yeah, I guess so, but that's because you also look at his skin. It just it looks kind of grayed out. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I'm kind of borrowing that word. Director David Yates was quoted for this photo. He said, the first film has a, had a level of whimsy. The characters felt like children in grown-up bodies. In this movie, it gets grittier and more nuanced and detailed. <laughs> so, mm. The things you hear about every movie. It's quite a romantic film. It's a thriller. It's quite an interesting combination of genres you rarely see together. I think it will surprise people. So that's interesting. I hope it's not raw sewage beneath Newt right now. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly in a sewer. He's probably in like a sewer in Paris, to be honest. I mean, we can we can infer that it's very likely... A sewer in Paris that he's in, I think. By the way, Laura just texted me. I hope that went okay. I am whiskey hungover. Oh. I knew it. I know the feeling, Laura. I thought she was great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I thought she was great. And then there was this other still behind the scenes photo of Eddie Redmayne and Jude Law sitting on set. Notable here is Jude Law in a Dumbledore getup. I don't know what type of hat that is, but like I was very surprised. Like Dumbledore wearing that hat? (laughs) do you think this is just i mean why do they call this a still because it is very much them in director's chairs because you're gonna see it in one of those behind the scenes books yeah right but i mean the hat could just be jude law right i mean doesn't have to be no no i don't think so because he's wearing a the rest of what he's wearing is a costume really yeah 
I got to be honest, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around him as Dumbledore. I just, I so closely associate Michael Gambon's Dumbledore. Ugh, you know? Well, stop that. I, I hope he actively looks and acts a lot more like they directed Richard Harris to act. Yeah, Not I this agree belligerent, with that. bustling kind of dude anymore. I, I want the lighthearted, friendly, you know, the, the kind of guy who could actually recruit you to fight his war for him. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, is that coffee 1920s? <laughs> They're going to be in the movie too, my guy. 1920s. Definitely the watch. Is that watch oh, he didn't, 1920s? Oh, he didn't take his watch off. <laughs> he is crossing his legs, so he's doing gay Dumbledore well. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I sit like that too, Andrew. Oh, well, no, never mind. It's comfortable. The hat, I, I don't know. The hat. <laughs> the hat. I can't get I can't get I when I see him talking as Dumbledore, I will accept it. But for now, seeing these photos of him as Dumbledore, it's still hard for me to wrap my head around. What well, questions whether I've seen this on Twitter too, like whether or not Dumbledore is in muggle clothes for a reason. You know, like uh in the film, if they're wandering out and about in a public place and Dumbledore does um muggle dress simply better than any other wizard. So that's all the news for now. We got stills, we got the statement out of the way. I think we're cleared for a trailer. Cleared for trailer takeoff. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, it's less than a year away. It's probably 11 months away. Should we be looking for just a teaser first? Should we be looking for, you know, like maybe a one-minute trailer ahead of the actual two-minute trailer, which should do in, like, the spring? What are we, like, what are we expecting out of uh, video content? Yeah. We'll see. Eric, a couple announcements? Yes, uh, we will be mentioning this in a video that uh, Andrew and I shot last week around my Christmas tree. But uh, everybody check your emails, particularly members of our Patreon who became patrons in the last year. Please check your emails immediately, the ones that are associated with your patron account, because we have signed album art and additional stickers to send out to members of our Patreon who did not get them the first time. And uh, I'm just writing to confirm your address. I sent those emails out about a week ago. I sent about 200 emails out, heard back from like 120 people within a couple days, so that was great. It's the other 80 people who may have secondary email addresses, ones they never check, that get the Patreon updates that we really need to hear back from just because we don't want to send album art through the mail and have it get go to a dead address or go to a stranger who won't appreciate it. Also, that damages the artwork, and this particularly is artwork that we it's the last of its kind and will only be going out once. So double-check uh, your emails, please, everybody, and reply to my email asking you to confirm your address. Then we get a fun announcement, which is, guys, I won a contest the other day on social media. It was a retweet competition held by the Harry Potter podcast Flipendo, which is a brand new Harry Potter podcast. These guys are awesome. They were very, very, very friendly. I retweeted one of their tweets on Twitter. Like uh, it was actually closer to two months ago. And they said, congratulations, you've won. And you know what? They sent me an authentic replica of the Hogwarts Express platform nine and three quarters ticket that Harry has from the first film, which is coincidentally one of my top, like the absolute top prop. I love the way it looks. I love how magical it is. Wait, is this from Universal? This is, I actually have where it's from as part of the package, but yeah, it's, it's authentic. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if it was Mina Lima that, that designed it because it was really early on. It's the first film. They sell them at the theme parks, I think. They're cool. I have one too. Yeah, it's they're really cool. Really, really super awesome. So I wanted to shout out to the Flipendo podcast because I said I would. It was not obligated uh, into the contract of me winning. I think they chose you so you would say something on the show and it worked. Well, if they did, it didn't work because this was like two months ago. I promised that I'd announce. They heard show. all your Potterotica plugs. plugs. They've been they waiting. Like, for, I yeah, think, yeah, uh, yeah. But check out uh, check out Muhammad, Madison, and Sean who do the Flipendo podcast. They have sixteen episodes you know we support our fellow harry potter fans and especially on their their podcast endeavors so yeah check out flipendo podcast seems like they talk a little bit about the ghosts a little bit about the houses so far and even an episode on cursed child oh and they have an episode called shout out to sim which i i don't know if that means sims or what oh, oh i'll listen to that one yeah 
Let's uh, read a couple text messages here. Hi, MuggleCast. I'm Brittany, age 17, from Chicago. I'm a new listener. I was listening to your newest episode. A thought popped in my head while you were talking about Christmas at the Wizarding World. I realized that in the books, it talks a lot about how wizards celebrate Christmas, but never says why. Like, do they actually believe in Christianity? Or do they do it because muggles do it? We'd love your thoughts on it. I think they looked at muggles celebrating it and really admired it. It's arguably our most whimsical, magical time of year. (laughs) So maybe they wanted to uh, carry that magic into their world. Something that's particularly interesting, though, is that the roots of Christmas and the traditions of celebrating Christmas come from pre-Christianity. Christians on like missions and going around Europe actually took pagan traditions from the winter solstice and folded it into sort of Christianity in order to move it away from pagan rituals and get people to convert to Christianity. So they folded a lot of that into their own things. So going back far enough, the midwinter celebrations and winter solstices were not associated with Christianity. They were a lot more to do with pagan traditions. So realistically speaking, that ideal of like how Uh, The Wizarding World might have been celebrating Christmas, may have come from pre-Christianity. The idea of Christmas being celebrated as the birth of Jesus came later. It was a Roman emperor, I can't remember which one, who decided to use the 25th as the date to celebrate the birth of Jesus. So a lot of the traditions were pre-Christianity. So, in other words, has nothing to do with them believing in Christianity. Yeah, but it, I, it is so interesting what I've always wondered, like what the prevailing religion of Hogwarts students is, right? Or in Britain, like what are the there is probably as varied as they are in the states in terms of religion, but Christianity in general, with its many denominations, seems to be so prevalent that it makes sense that they'd be celebrated at school, at least in terms of uh, presenting a nice break for students as well. It's nice how, you know, in our hemisphere, because I know they do things way differently down south, but in our hemisphere, you know, it's a great, great time over the solstice to have a break from the schooling and then come back refreshed in what also happens to be the new year. Yeah, I mean, uh, predominantly, I believe, you know, you've got Protestant, Catholic, uh, you've got Church of England are typically the major branches of Christianity here then we've got a very large Muslim community as well. So, yeah, I would guess the the makeup of Christianity, there's a lot of Catholicism. Protestant is largely from Irish communities from having come over, but, yeah, and then Church of England. So the Christianity, I would say, when it comes down to the census, is probably still the dominant religion across the UK, but at the same time, there are other religions represented here as well. They may be. We should have asked the guy we spoke prevalent. to last week, Michael Aiello. What's going on with Christmas in the Wizarding World? Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Where is the menorah? That's the question, right? <laughs> no, I mean, and, and even in the Potter series, I think J.K. Rowling confirmed that Anthony Goldstein is Jewish. And we know that there is distant relationship, at least I think. I can't remember what's true and what's not true anymore, but with Tina and Queenie, right? The the At least the family connection there. So is there a chance, though, that religion could play more of a role in the upcoming Fantastic Beasts film, particularly given that we are headed into a pretty tumultuous time, not just in the wizarding world, but also in the muggle world as well, particularly in Europe? All right, we got another text message here. This is from Jill. Hello, MuggleCast. There's been a lot of discussion about the plot of Fantastic Beasts deviating from The Beasts, especially with the release of the controversial title. We know Grindelwald is attempting to rise in power in unexpected ways. Could one of those ways involve Beasts? He and his followers could be attempting to wrangle Beasts to use against his opposition, much in the way that Voldemort used creatures of near-human intelligence, such as the Giants or Dementors. I am assuming that possession of beasts, especially when used for Wizarding World domination, is considered a crime. Grindelwald, as it has been theorized, may use the circus as a means to befriend those who know and work with beasts themselves in order to gain an understanding of the beasts. 
and potentially recruit followers from the circus performers or the circus's audience. As with any theory, only time will tell. Magically yours, Jill in Seattle, Ravenclaw Pride. P.S. If you haven't heard about it already, I encourage you to Google Diagon Alley Ballard. I plan on going this weekend. That's interesting. Oh, this is the guy who built a Diagon Alley. Yeah. What? This guy, I saw the story. This guy up in Seattle built his own Diagon Alley like for Christmas. You know how people like put together like special Christmas decorations? Yeah. Uh, this guy, John Chambers, constructed a walkthrough replica of Diagon Alley. And they haven't made him take it down yet? No. They've been a little busy with the Johnny Depp legal stuff, but they'll, huh. they'll get to this soon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, right. uh, On Christmas Day, he'll receive the cease and desist with 12 lawyers that show up at his door. It's really impressive. Like, And <laughs> people volunteered to help him out. And uh, yeah, maybe they have hot butter beer there. Yeah, I, I like this idea in general of uh, Grindelwald recruiting beasts. I mean, Grindelwald was after the Obscurus that was destroying the streets of New York City that brought him as Graves to New York. But I think he'll probably stick more on the human side of things because that's his wheelhouse more than it is. I think like Voldemort's wheelhouse was maybe recruiting different species of creatures. Not to say that Grindelwald couldn't do it, but I think with him going to the circus, maybe recruiting from the circus is not necessarily beasts, but outcasts, in my opinion. Like he would, Creeves, or Creeves, <laughs> Credence is definitely the sort of character that we saw as being easily manipulated by Grindelwald in the first Fantastic Beasts film. And this circus that we know is going to be part of the film, Circus Arcanus, is going to probably contain a lot more people who don't really fit in the wizarding world in the tradition. And that is their easy prey for a megalomaniacal despot would-be dictator for you know him to play on their emotions. Yeah, I do love this theory, and it'll be sad. I can see this happening where Grindelwald is trying to take advantage of some of the beasts, and obviously this would keep Newt involved in the story as well. He would be very sad to see Grindelwald doing this. I don't know what else to say, but I really do like your theory, Jill. All right, so um, we're going to get to Quizich, but it's time to tell you about our other sponsor this week, which is Canvas People. Christmas is coming up, and that means family gatherings seeing beloved friends and family, and another year of celebrating your family's unique traditions. It's the best time of year to indulge in remembering the past, but also for making new memories that you'll all cherish for years to come. And more than ever, that also means tons of great pictures. Pictures of your family gathered together, of those adorable little ones running around and playing. Pictures of the annual tradition of baking holiday cookies with your kids, or your friends, or your family. And like I've said, Canvas People lets you make these photos permanent. Instead of letting them go away and deep into your camera roll, get them printed. Hang them on your wall. With all those great pictures and fantastic memories, we've partnered with Canvas People to bring you a special deal. Normally, 11 by 14 canvases are priced at $69.99, but for a limited time offer, you get one free 11 by 14 canvas. Just pay shipping. To get this amazing deal, you have to go to canvaspeople.com and use code MUGGLE in the cart at checkout. That's canvaspeople.com, promo code MUGGLE. We've gotten some tweets this past week, actually, from people saying, I'm using Canvas people. That is a good call. Eric, I'm going to get a photo of you and I losing at Harry Potter Trivia Night hung on the wall. <laughs> I want to remember that forever. Uh, was there a photo taken? I think we were too downtrodden to even raise our hands to our faces. That is accurate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. really, I am loving Canvas people, and I love this deal. And like I've said, it's a great deal for the holidays. It's a free gift. You want to get a gift, a great, an important, a special gift for somebody? Use Canvas People. And you're not even going to spend money other than shipping. <laughs> it's the best deal ever. Like, I want to get Micah a gift, but I don't really want to spend money on him. This is perfect for me. All right, it's time for some Quizage. Yes, 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 yes. Well, as Andrew mentioned the other week, we got our butts kicked, handed to us in uh, in the Harry Potter trivia over at uh, Joe's on Weed Street in Chicago, Illinois. But uh, we thought we'd turn our loss into our later gain by including this question, which kicked our butts, in uh, Quizich, last week's Quizich question. So here it is. This is uh, one of those um, multi-answer ones, and we're looking for all 10 so the question is, in the Sorting Hat chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's slash Philosopher's Stone, who are the first 10 students to be mentioned by name 
as getting sorted. So this is um, basically just a question about name dropping. For instance, Crab and Goyle are not on this list. We know that they were sorted at the same time as Harry and Malfoy into Slytherin House, but they're not mentioned by name. So the question was very specific to the books. Nobody sent in these answers. I didn't see a single tweet like, hey, this is for Quizich, which means nobody's playing Quizich, or it means everyone was as intimidated as Andrew and I were. So it's a hard question. It's very hard, very difficult. And next week's will be slightly easier. So here are the answers, by the way. Danya, do you know this, by the way? We might as well ask. Uh, For which one? What, the 10 students? Yeah. No, I did not know it. Like, I would have been able to name a few of them. I don't know that I would have been able to name all 10. You think it's sort of easy at first because you remember in the books, unlike the movie, in the books it's alphabetical, which is great. So you're like, okay, if I can just parse out like... All If I could take all the names of people in Harry's year and then list them alphabetically, it should be the right answer, right? It, it absolutely should. But there's characters in here I don't remember ever reading about. So here are the answers. Uh, number one, Hannah Abbott. Okay. Number two, Susan Bones. All right. Number three, Terry Boot. Number four, Mandy Brocklehurst. <laughs> Is that even a character? <laughs> like... That is the one that would have tripped me up because I don't re- – like. Of all of the characters yeah. Mandy that are on this list, who, that is, who is the she? only one. She's, I she's at Hogwarts. Is she a one? Is she a one-hit wonder? Like, is that the only time? <laughs> yeah, her life, her life accomplishment is getting sorted in the sorting ceremony in Harry's first year. She's at Hogwarts, presumably all seven years. Uh, <laughs> that that Harry is. We never know anything about her, but she's mentioned in this chapter of Sorcerer's Stone. So. Mandy Brocklehurst. What happened was she made up that name and then she came back to that character in future books and she was like, oh, this name's terrible. I'm not not using this again. Not getting rid of that. Who wants to put money on the fact that we'll find out what happens to Mandy Brocklehurst (laughs) before we find out what happened to Labyrinth? Maybe we should start asking Joe about uh, Mandy Brocklehurst and then she'll answer it instead of Lavender Brown. Nevertheless, you know what? Maybe Mandy was the um, foreign exchange student from America that we all wanted. In the Harry Potter books, right? Mm. Maybe she went back to her Native America after uh, the first year. So anyway, Lavender Brown is next at number five. Millicent Bolstrode, who I was surprised was mentioned in book one, is next. Number seven, Justin Finch Fletchley. Number eight, Seamus Finnegan, followed by Hermione Granger at nine. And Neville Longbottom at number 10. We didn't even make it to Malfoy or Harry Potter, who's, you know, much, much later in the alphabet. The people we thought were in it, like, we screwed that up, as did everybody, so badly. Yeah, I don't think, I don't really don't remember a team coming out ahead at, at this question, but it was one of the later rounds. It was the final round, I believe. Well, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, nevertheless, uh, if anybody did know those answers and remembered Mandy Brockhurst, um, congratulations, you've won Quizich. <laughs> And uh, next week's question, though, I made it much easier, uh, although it's still an interesting kind of bit of fact. This week's question for Quizich: what is Severus Snape's character name in the French language version of the Harry Potter books? Oh, boy. What was Mandy's name in the foreign editions? Bro- Mandy Brockers? I really yeah. want to know now. <laughs> now, I, now I need to know, actually. So. We need to go find that out. But uh, yeah, so what is Severus Snape's character name in the French language translation of the Harry Potter books? So thank you very much. That is Quizich. Some languages it still is Snape. Other languages is something completely different. Promise. Funnily enough, I did actually read the French version of uh, Philosopher's Stone in French class when I was still at school. That was... So do you, do you know the answer to this question? I do know the answer to this question. Ooh! Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Tweet us the answer because nobody else does. <laughs> yeah, you, you can be the only person playing Quizzit. Sure, I'll be yeah. the only one playing Quizzit. Hey, thank you, I'll Donna. do it. I'll, I'll tweet the answer. All right, so that does it for this week's episode of MuggleCast. Next week's episode is our last one of the year. We'll spend next week talking about 2017 for Harry Potter fans and what to expect in the new year. Unless something else comes up. <laughs> Unless something else comes up. Unless somebody else has something to say about something. Well, so maybe we should do some other general discussion next week. Get back to some classic Harry Potter discussions, you know? 
That reminds me. I've been reading those uh, Cormoran Strike books. I finished the second one. Oh, yeah? Did you like yeah. it? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. I okay. did. Pretty violent, the second one, but uh, on the whole, yeah. satisfying. Okay. Danya, thanks for coming on. Excited for you and everybody to see Star Wars this upcoming week. So excited. Ah. And we'll listen to you over on Resistance Radio. I'm excited to hear you guys all geek out. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. We're actually going to have for the first time another Hyperbole staffer on uh, Lilani is going to come on, which will be quite fun because obviously Star Wars is going to have its first Asian-American lead. So we wanted the perspective of an Asian-American female, how that representation came across. So I invited Lilani on. So that will be quite interesting to talk about i'm really excited though just about everything yeah and by the way a quick plug for danya's work she's she's all star wars all the time right now over on hypable so if you want to see her stuff she writes so passionately she's very smart with star wars thank you you won't be disappointed in the stuff you read <laughs> i try <laughs> i try very hard i spend a lot of time researching and rereading stuff when i'm writing my articles probably more than i need to but <laughs> It happens anyway. It does. It creates better content in the end. Looks like, speaking of content, by the way, an update from Comic-Con Experience de Sao Paulo. Looks like the Warner Brothers panel so far in the first hour and a half has been mostly DC stuff. And then something with uh, Alicia Vikander, which is going on right now. Uh, All that for nothing. Yeah, I know. I was really excited, but maybe they'll end with it. Who knows? All right. Well, if something happens, we will update you all next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. See everybody next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.